we'll get started then, Lee. I'm not I'm not big for intros or anything like that. So we obviously put out the back signal. We needed someone on the podcast who could explain what conveyancing is because obviously the audience we have on this podcast is a lot of young people that are just dipping their toes into understanding money and finance and learning about those sorts of concepts. So I, so I obviously put the bat signal out. Leah Stevens answered. So how are you, mate? You going well? Yeah, yeah, very good. So, you know, interesting times for property in Newcastle at the moment. Little little yeah. bit of a, you know, bit of a different market at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's It's been interesting to see, like, especially over the last maybe two years or so, right, the, I, I don't know how much of it you can attribute to people moving up from Sydney, but it feels like over the last couple of years, Newcastle's gotten a lot busier. Oh, yeah. And and there has, you know, the sort of, um, you know, the, the COVID lockdown was was a bit of a, you know, bit of a, not what I expected, put it that way. I, I yeah. sort of thought we might be, you know, in for, you know, a bit of a rest, nice and quiet, put my feet up for a bit. Um, yeah. But we were yeah, extremely busy, um, which was, you know, really surprised me. So, and we did, we did see people make the change um, you know, come up from Sydney, especially when they realise if they had a, you know, a job where they could work remotely, um, you know, property prices a lot more, you know, to them, more affordable mm. in, in Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, we did see a bit of, you know, a bit of the, the Sydney siders come to, come to Newcastle. Um, but even just, you know, existing clients, um, you know, either, you know, downsizing, upsizing, people were still um you know we're, we're a bit uh keen for property during the you know for during sure. the lockdown which was quite surprising yeah yeah it was interesting to see and if there's any uh industry jargon or buzzwords that i'm sick of hearing it's the rise of the digital nomad <laughs> no it's not my favorite i've got a, I've got a, I've got a friend who's a bit like that yeah <laughs> and <nomad>. like <laughs> I, I i guess i could self-identify as a digital nomad but i just sound a bit pretentious if i'm being honest you know oh uh, i think i think it was sort of you know it would it obviously you know not a, not a great situation but um i think people then you know discovered that there were things that we could now do um, more electronically, which which we've now continued on with. So, um, you know, more people using things like your DocuSign, your, um, you know, Zoom meetings. Um, yeah, so all those sort of things that kind of came out out of lockdown, we've, we've actually kept, you know, as part of our, our business. Mm. Um, and people have sort of, you know, taken, off, taken it on board quite a lot, which is, you know, and it does, it allows people flexibility. You can, yeah, potentially, you know, go traveling and still work. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice opportunity for people that have the, have the, uh, the opportunity to like myself, I can travel sort of up and down the East coast, yep. work off of a laptop. So I basically just go to cafes, sit down, drink a bunch of coffees and work. It's a, it's a nice <laughs> way to live my life. I'm, I'm very happy yeah. for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yep. I wondered like, Obviously, conveyancing is a part of the property industry, I guess. But personally, yeah. I didn't even know what a conveyancer was until I got like started working alongside my dad in the business. So, do you do you mind giving giving the guys listening uh, a, a I guess like a basic rundown of what conveyancing is and what role it plays within the property industry itself? 
So I guess, you know, we, and, and look, I was the same. I started working for a conveyancer when I was 19 mm. and I had absolutely no idea what a conveyancer was. Um, right. I think it took me, I was working with them for two years before I went, oh, I kind of understand what we're, you know, what we're actually doing here, what we're trying to achieve. So yeah. I guess we're kind of like, you know, sometimes I call ourselves, we're the, you know, the jugglers in the circus. Um, we're kind of like in the middle and we're keep making sure all the balls are, you know, spinning in the air. And we're, we're the ones where, you know, the main thing that we're doing is, is where it's, um, you know, for a, for a vendor, we're, we're preparing the contract for sale of land. So we're doing the legal paperwork. Um, and from a purchaser's point of view, we're, we're explaining the, the contract for sale of land. And then we're the ones that are actually um, getting, um, you know, the transfer of one, one person over to, to the ownership over to the next person. So we're, we're kind of the ones dealing with the legal paperwork and affecting the the transfer of ownership of property so we're we're kind of dealing with everybody we're, we're dealing with you know the client the broker the bank um we're dealing with land registry services um hexa the other conveyancer or solicitor um and any other parties that are involved so sometimes we're assisting clients with organizing pets and building inspections or you know if they need to source um you know an engineer or um, you know, all sorts of, you know, different other testing that, that they may want to engage. We kind of can assist them with all those sorts of things. Um, we're kind of like professional handholders and, and, you know, paperwork work mm. dealers. So, you know, and then there might be information when we're dealing with the brokers, they might say, hey, we need a copy of the contract. We need a, a copy of the land tax certificate. So we're the kind of, you know, the source and, and you know, the assisting with the flow of information and, getting everything helping you know everyone get everything together so mm. it's um yeah I guess in in short paperwork is our is our game but we've gone you know we're, we're digital yeah, okay. <laughs> so the paperwork okay. is, is very much you know digitized yeah okay and and some of the words you were using there that m maybe people are unaware of so like the vendor is the person yep. selling the property yeah that's right yeah, That's okay. right. Yep. Yeah, so the yeah, vendor so... is the seller, um, and the and the purchaser is yep the the buyer, the person buying the property. Yeah, okay. And and it's it's usually it's I guess it's commonplace for a vendor to have their own conveyancer who is going to be in contact with the the potential buyer's conveyancer, and they're going to be working together to negotiate terms of sale. Um, I, I think there's something to do with like, uh. I can't remember the exact terminology, but maybe a buyer is interested in purchasing a property, but they don't yeah. want to settle for 90 days. They don't want to move into the place for 90 days. Are those the sorts of things that would be involved That's in a contract? Right. So, yeah. So usually what will happen is, um, uh, say, for example, I've got a, a client who's looking at bidding at auction this Saturday. Um, so she's um, emailed me through a copy of the, the auction contract. Um, we've had a conversation to go through, you know, these are the terms of contract. And then sometimes there's, there's some negotiations that can take place before the, the auction or before, say, exchange of contracts if they've had their offer accepted. Um, and certainly can be around, you know, the, the completion date. So, the, for example, um, you know, this auction contract has um, 28 days. So we've gone back to the other side and said, look, our client would actually prefer 42 days because then that gives their bank more you know plenty of time to do what they've got to do there's a lot of you know as you probably know a lot of paperwork that needs to be done yeah. 
to get from you know exchange to, to settlement um and and preferably a you know a longer time so we sort of negotiate those terms um because buyers do need to be wary if they don't settle on time and that includes the bank as well if they don't settle on time um there can be things in the in the contract such as penalty interest so the vendor could charge a penalty interest um vendor could serve them with a 14-day notice to complete so we explain all those um you know special conditions that are contained in the contract to sort of say look here's the practical side of, of what needs to happen but you've also got to be aware of, of you know the terms of the contract um, um, because you are entering into a, a legally binding agreement between you and the, the vendor the seller mm -hmm. and and as you were saying you you will end up dealing with you know the 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 maybe you represent the buyer as the conveyancer you'll then be dealing with the bank that the the buyers looking to use for finance you'll be dealing with the broker the mortgage broker like what we do and you'll yeah. also be dealing with the 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 seller's conveyancer to do all of this negotiating to sort of avoid the buyer having to do it all themselves and that's something we deal with that's a bit fine. where especially in during the last two years where the property values each month were jumping up quite quickly and it was sort mm. of a lot of sellers were trying to get the best value for their for the for the sale as they could and would be rushing us as the brokers uh through some of their conveyances saying well we want to settle on these days but we have to tell the conveyancer like well banks are taking four to five weeks yeah. to approve a loan so if you you know and it, it was it was an interesting time for sure. And I started in the industry during COVID. So oh, wow. it was um, it was a bit of a sink or swim thing. So I'm very happy that my dad was around to like explain it all to me and help me like guide me through the process. I um, yeah. Before we move on, I wondered with the conveyancing, you said you started in the industry when you were 19. Did you just sort of fall into it or was it something mm. you'd put? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So um, I, when I left high school, I kind of wasn't, you know, wasn't too sure. I wanted to do something with art, <laughs> but didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then my parents actually had hotels at the time. So I worked in, I actually went to the year at business college after year 12, because I just didn't, wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. Um, worked at my parents' hotel part-time as well. Um, and then um, through a friend, I actually did some work experience for a conveyancer. And so I was, oh, this is South Australia, so I'm from originally from Adelaide. Um, so yeah. Radelaide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Radelaide. So yeah. did a bit of, um, did, just by chance, did a bit of work experience for Frances McClure, mm. um, conveyancer in, in Gawler, and um, she remembered me. So when when her secretary um uh, went on maternity leave she um contacted my friend and said oh can you um contact Leah and ask her to send a resume and we're, we're looking for someone now full time and got the job and mm. but didn't actually really know okay. <laughs> you know started just with answering the phones and you know doing filing and you know all your secretarial type duties and then as I kind of started learning, I, I kept asking my bosses and I had Stephen Francis and, and I was fortunate they were two wonderful bosses to, you know, to fall into. Um, and I kept asking them, you know, why do we do this? Why does this happen? What, you know, I, and I had all these questions because it was such a strange, you know, 
system or you know procedure that we were doing and and then Steve kept saying to me do the course do the course <laughs> so eventually I ended up doing um the conveyancing course part-time at night I went to night school over four years while working mm. full-time and the rest is history and yeah still okay. conveyancing today <laughs> that's crazy and and so at some point you obviously came over from Radelaide to to settling down over in New South Wales I'm assuming so how at what point did Stevenson's conveyancing become a thing? Because I'm assuming that's your business, right? It is, yeah. 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 So I, um, um, we did uh, left Adelaide uh, at the beginning of um, 2001, I think it was. We had a year in Melbourne. So we were in Melbourne for 2001. Um, and then we moved up, up here. My husband at the time worked for the, um, for the NAB, for the bank. Um, so we moved up here thought we might be here for maybe you know a year or two and then we might you know go somewhere else but we um yeah fell in love with Newcastle and haven't left so yeah I've, I've been here since um early 2002 um worked for a few different law firms around Newcastle um and then um probably about 20 I think it might have been 2015 is when I yeah, went out on my own so um yeah and the rest is history. There's been a few different, you know, a, a few different mm. sort of forms of the business, but now it's now it's down to um, just my husband and myself. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is do, which is wonderful for flexibility and. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Let's, I let's feel, do other things I like to do. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And do you do you feel like when you decided to go out on your own, were there? Uh, was there like I I, I wonder about this because we we on the podcast I get to chat to a lot of people that run their own businesses within the yeah. industry who started from having like great mentors from other businesses and then going out on their own. Was there ever a part of your uh, your mindset of like in the back of your head like maybe I shouldn't try and do this on my own? Was there any sort of hesitancy to try it or any fear you had getting out and trying your own business or was it always what you sort of imagined you'd try to do no well actually I I probably never just because of seeing I guess my mum's experience with small business being a, mm. a you know um, a hotel owner to me small business meant hard work and you're going to be constantly you know drained which is you know can also happen yeah. Um, so I kind of, for me, I was actually always quite happy working in either, you know, a conveyancing firm or working in, in the law firms that I've worked for. So I've kind of, um, you know, been fortunate to have some good, um, you know, mentors and things like that in the past. But I didn't, it wasn't until I actually um, had my son that the flexibility, you know, flexibility came into it. That that became the major um reason for, for going out on my own is because once you you know start a family um you know it was fine for me to work in law firms 8 a.m to 8 p.m at night I didn't care I loved you know if you love the work you you know you, you love doing it mm. um but when you have a family you're like yeah that's not realistic <laughs> for those hours so um yeah it, it actually just came about just wanting you know a bit more of a of flexibility and a bit more balance with life and not having to be you know, subject to someone else's time frames. I can, you know, plan my day or week how I, you know, how I want to work it. Um, but and also because I've had, you know, many years experience. So I'm now I've just turned 48. So I've now got 29 years experience 
in, in the conveyancing industry. So once you've sort of got all that experience behind you, you then do have the confidence to, you know, to do it on your own as well. So, and that takes takes time. So I'm glad I've had that, you know, the past of, of working for different, you know, law firms and conveyancing firms, um, yeah, back in the day, which has given, you know, gives you a lot of experience. And, um, but yeah, flexibility is, is the main, main thing for me now. I'm always wary of my own hubris in a way of <laughs> I've done, I've, I've spent a lot of time in, in, in the scheme of things for me, I'm nearly 26. I've spent just nearly three years in this industry. And yeah. when you sort of do it every day, uh, for me personally, it's easy to start thinking like, I got this, like I've seen yeah. it all <laughs> after yeah, nearly look, three even, years. Even with me, you still, mm. you know, there's always surprises. Something yeah. something new will come up that you go, wow, that's never happened in my, you know, mm. 28, 29 years. There's always, you know, especially when it comes to property, you know, the, the you know, the odd, odd, you know, for the most part, most, most things are quite, you know, are, are quite, you know, straightforward, but you do get, you know, some interesting situations. And sometimes it's more about people not necessarily the property that that can bring about you know issues mm. um, or problems. So, but um, I think having you know I, I feel like I've got a good you know support network as well. So I think with any, no matter what industry you're in, if, if you've got some some mentors or some colleagues that you can, um, you know, there's a few of us where you can sort of you know put things, discuss things back and forth. Yeah, bounce things know. off, bounce things off Absolutely. someone and say, have you seen yeah. this before? How would you sort of go about it? Is important. Oh, 100%. And you do, you learn from each other, um, you know, and and because we've all had, you know, different experiences in our in our career. So it's always good to, you know, get the opinion of others as well that are, you know, because, yeah. okay. you know, some things can be, um, um, you know, Strange things can happen. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's always curveballs for sure. Um, yeah. That that being said, so I, if the timeline in my head's right, you're in the industry from 19, and you spent four years doing part time the course to sort of yep. get your certifications. I guess you'd call them for conveyancing. That's right. So in yeah, so it's a little bit different between the states. So in South Australia, um, they're registered. So we were known as registered conveyances. So I got my registration um, not not long before I left the state actually. And then I went to, um, you know, had 12 months in, in Melbourne, in Victoria. That, again, that's different. So I wasn't qualified um, in Victoria, but when I came to Newcastle and we sort of, you know, fell in love with the place, I thought, okay, well, it's worth me now getting my qualification in um, in New South Wales. So over here we're licensed um, conveyances. So I kept my registration for, for quite a few years in South Australia, just on the off chance we went back, um, never happened. Um, and then after all I had to do because of mutual recognition laws, it was about six months working under a solicitor and then I could apply to be, be licensed in, in New South Wales. So, because yeah, okay. there are a few, yeah, the states, each state have, you know, similar goals between, you know, buying a property or selling a property, but there are differences in, um, you know, in legislation and different some different procedures as well. So. Yeah, okay. If in a hypothetical world you could, not, being the leader you are today on the 25th of August and you could go <laughs> back to 25-year-old Leah to give yeah. that person advice or give them 
some guidance about life in general or business and assuming she listens, <laughs> what do you think you would tell that person? Probably the only thing. I mean, I'd probably still do do the same journey like mm. because I've learned different things along the way. Um, probably the only thing I would do with which my husband did is, is actually put more, you know, put a little bit more in your super from the very beginning. <laughs> Um, and maybe even be a bit more conscious about, um, um, yeah, you know, you're uh, sometimes when you're young, you're a little bit blasé about, um, you know, your interest rates or your finances. Um, you know, it probably wasn't until I got into my 40s that I suddenly went, oh, hang on, I need to actually, you know, learn a bit more about this. Mm. Um, often left it, you know, to my husband because he was the, you know, the financial planner of the family so I'm like well that's your expertise on property your your finances um but you know I probably didn't start getting really interested in in the financial side of things until my 40s whereas I think for especially for women because especially when you have a family it's the women that um have to be conscious because you're often losing your income for a while mm. um which also means you're losing your you know your superannuation often ends up being lower um, and then depending on property ownership, whether you're renting or buying. So that was the one thing. Um, luckily, I was um, I actually bought my first property when I was 20 with a friend of mine. Um, so we bought her. And it's and curiously, that's something I haven't seen a lot of friends do. So um, you, sometimes I see, um, you know, siblings or parents and children buy property together, but not very often. Um, that I've seen friends actually do it together. So what we did is um, we bought her her grandmother's house when we were 20 and it was country South Australia, so it was only $50,000. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> I know. I know I'm going to make every 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 young person... <laughs> not in not happy, no. But, yeah, it was, you know, small town, country South Australia, um that was the average price but to us we weren't earning a lot of money so when I was you know 19 year old Leah and 19 year old Tammy we didn't make a lot of money as as you know secretaries um so we we scrimped and saved back in the day you had to have a 20 percent deposit and this was with with the MAB um and then we yep scrimped save saved the deposit we bought her her nana's house um for 50,000 we borrowed a bit extra to do some renovations, the bathroom and things like that needed, you know, upgrading. Um, but it was a wonderful experience because we, you know, we got to experience moving out of home, not paying rent, paying, you know, the mortgage. We were on a super tight budget. Like our fund money was $20 a week. Mm. <laughs> so we were very tight. Mm. Um, but we, you know, but we also did a lot of the, you know, we learned sanding, painting, um, you know, gardening. We did a lot of, you know, a lot of the the, the jobs that we could do and, and help Tammy's uh, dad was a builder. So he, you know, we were his lackeys in, in the renovation side. So, you know, that's that's one thing I'm kind of interested as to why maybe more friends. I know it can be hard with relationships and things like that, but but when you're young, instead of going out and all renting together a house, why not all scrimp save, save a deposit or buy a house together? Mm. um there's obviously complications and you should get you know get financial advice legal advice all that sort of stuff but 
yeah, I'm kind of curious as to why we're not seeing more maybe of that happening for, for mm-hmm. people to at least get your, you know, it got our foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we, you know, had relationships and then we moved on and sold and, you know, went on and, and you know, then my husband and I bought our, you know, our first place together and Tammy went on and bought her first place with her, you know, then husband. So, um, but at least it got us, you know, it got us started. It got you started, yeah. I, I yeah. find like this is a question that I still don't really know how to answer for myself or for young people because I think part of the the mindset for young people, maybe my age, 25, or, or maybe a little younger, just mm. from how the media portrayal is of getting into the market is that it's basically impossible and, you know, there's mm. no way of getting into the market. You sort of, you're, you're sort of, you know, pardon the French, you're fucked, you know? So, yeah, and, yeah. but in reality, in reality, there are ways to do it. But at the same time, I think sometimes it's, it's a bit of a cop out because I don't know if a lot of young people really care at the moment about getting into property or investing because we have, when I think about the opportunities I've had in my life from 18 Mm. onwards compared to what my dad's opportunities were for his age, I had the opportunity to travel and fly around the world and there were so there's more choice and there's more options of things to do as a young person Mm -hmm. so I think maybe our uh I feel like sometimes the priorities of what young people are interested in doing has changed over the years for sure oh and I think that's yeah 100 percent and 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 I guess that's the other thing is is you know when you buy property you're you know you're locked into an area if that's where you're going to live but and I think that's where you know some people might do the whole rent vesting thing where they maybe buy a house out in the country that's a little bit cheaper rent it out so that at least they've got their you know foot in the property door but then they may rent where they actually want to live and work um and at least then that gives them flexibility because you've got to I guess you know you guys are probably living a, a far more flexible life than what we did we we kind of you know went oh yeah Here's our town. Here's our job. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we'll buy a house here. We, we weren't. We probably weren't as you know. Didn't have the mindset of being more flexible until we get older. Um, whereas you know, and I'm even thinking about that for my son. He's only 13 at the moment, but we're already thinking, okay, what what if he? You know, we don't know what he wants to do. He might not want to stay in Newcastle. He might want to travel. And so then we're like, what do we do? Do we just you know, it's it's hard. Or do we just invest in other, you know, something outside of property? Do we invest in, you know, shares or whatever, so that he's got his, you know, that his his life will will probably be completely different to how we, mm. you know, how we've done things. Yeah, that's that's mm. the biggest one for me. Like, I guess you could say the societal norm or expectation is what what mm. I might be pointing to. Like. When my dad was growing up, it was you go to school, you go to uni, you get a job, you settle down, you have kids, you know, yep. wash, rinse, repeat. But you buy for the me, fam- you buy the family home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for me, I, I I don't feel like I feel like the 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 different uh, ideas about what I could do with my life from people around me that were older 
showed me mm. that there were way more options. And like that sort of led to me maybe focusing more on travel and life experiences uh, until yeah. COVID. Like until COVID, I didn't care at all about money management. Like <laughs> I was, I always tell my friends like, from living in Melbourne when I finished school, I moved out of home and got a job full-time in Melbourne until COVID. Yeah. Uh, there was about four years where I lived in Melbourne or lived in Canada and worked and travelled and was running at a loss the entire mm. time, just slowly losing all the money I had. And then COVID hit and I was dead My sister broke. did that too, yeah. She, yeah. she, did, um, she did 12 months in Whistler in Canada. Um, and also then 12 months in uh, Captiva Island off the coast of Florida and, and you know, living on tips and <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. she came back with no money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. And, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change well done, it. Though. Yeah, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way looking back. Oh, yeah, she had some great experiences. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I love I love Whistler. I love I love every Aussie that I've ever met that goes, yeah, I'm going to go travel <laughs> abroad. I'm going to go to Whistler. I want to experience the world. <laughs> You're basically going to Australia. Like, there's no Canadians in Whistler. <laughs> it's all Aussies that's and that's a that's few Germans. <laughs> yeah, like, it's basically a party town where you can snowboard <laughs> and then have a beer and go straight yeah. back up onto a mountain. Like it's a it's a brilliant oh, yeah. spot. But yeah. Oh yeah, she'd she'd phone me and say she'd she'd snowboarded to work that morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and again, like you're living on I was I was working for a backpackers hostel for a year and a half in Vancouver. And you don't the the minimum wage over there is pretty abysmal. And then the cost of living is quite high. So it's uh it's not a it's not a, a lifestyle where you can sort of build a nest egg for sure. Last thing before we got out of here, Leah, is if if people were interested in like learning more about what conveyancing is or what your company Stevenson's Conveyancing does, is there some links you could maybe list that uh, I'll also put in the bio if people wanted to get in touch with yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, I've I mean I've got a, a website with a bit of sort of basic information, but then there's also other, um, um, you know, there's the Australian Institute of Conveyances. So that's sort of our governing um, or supportive body. Um, they've got, you know, a bit of information and different links as well. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know, and I mean, depending on how technical people want to get into, you know, looking at properties, there's all sorts of, you know, like Land Registry Services New South Wales, which is the you know, where all your, uh, they manage all your, your property certificates of title, your title deeds. Um, and then, you know, also things like, um, you know, your revenue in New South Wales. So things like, you know, that's your, your stamp duty and your land tax or your applications for, you know, exemptions, like if you're a first home buyer applying for um, stamp duty exemption. So they're the, and that's the sort of things that we assist clients with right. as well. So if you're a first home buyer, um, you know, if it's the first time owner grant, usually the bankers or brokers will will do that part of things. But we do the stamp duty, the application for the stamp duty exemption because we do the the stamping of the contract and transfer. So, um, yeah, we we sort of you know handhold people through all the forms um, that they've got to um, you know complete and and you know submit as well. So, um, yeah, very you know it's still a I guess it's still a very paper. Um, although you know digital um, uh, extensive exercise buying property um, don't know if they'll you know maybe one day it'll be simple maybe it might be an app on your phone and you pay for it with your crypto or something like that and there's you know some sort of blockchain yeah. <laughs> to say 
yeah. you're now the owner. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, all those sorts of things will come come eventually. Um, but at the moment, it's still, you know, it's still got a lot of, it's, it's you know, it's still got its roots in, you know, the old, um, I guess the old English, you know, because Arthur, Arthurson sort of based, you know, comes from England. So we've still got, you know, all these sort of old-fashioned formalities and things that we still we still do. Um, but, you know, maybe one day they'll, you know, it'll all change. But, um, yeah, I guess in the meantime it keeps us in a job because we've got to help people navigate, you know, the system and the paperwork and, yeah, get, getting from A to B. Yeah, okay. That's a good way but, to wrap yeah. it up, getting from A to B. I thank you for your time, Leah. It was great to have a chat. It was good to meet you over Zoom. Yeah, you too. Even good though to I've probably you. I've probably made you a bacon and egg sandwich somewhere yeah, in the past. Yeah, you probably have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. I appreciate the time, mate. Have a good day too. Yeah, you too. No All right. See you. See you, mate.